0: Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody!
1: Alright, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal. The ATM Adam McFerrin. The 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got
0: two words for you.
1: Welcome back into another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike, the McNutted, the Teardown King, whatever you want to call me. You can find me on Twitter at Michael. and joined with me, as always, the better half of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast, the better 2Ds of the 4D, my man, Adam. What's going on tonight, brother? How we doing?
0: Mike, what's going on, man? dynasty degenerates we're back for another week of the 40 chess dynasty football podcast it's just mike and i this week we're back to the the roots man just to us
1: back at it again no guests just you and i but this is the one that we've really been looking forward to we got a dynamite show if you've checked out my twitter adam's twitter it's all been leading up to this podcast right here all the the vitriol the hate the disgusting things people say in my mentions about the trades that I have made for best ball it's time to put it out on the table and explain why and hopefully help you guys become better dynasty best ball managers so this is going to be a really heavy best ball focus now there are probably some things you can take away in your deeper lineup leagues but just so you guys are aware this will be a very heavy best ball podcast Adam you ready to dive into this, man? We'll start messing around. And we'll just dive right into this information.
0: It, I'm excited for it. I, I think this is um, it's a little bittersweet, man. This is we're we're about to really get into all the secrets that Mike and I have been formulating in our minds and trying to play. So if you're listening, tune in and think about this because it's gonna feel very foreign and gross. Some of the things we're gonna discuss with you, but we're gonna try to help you understand how our minds work on this and the 4D mindset of how different best ball and lineup should really be thought about. So one
1: thing too, I I just want to kick off Adam. Do you remember a few years ago when we're just getting into dynasty and, you know, like really starting to take it seriously and listening to smart people like uh, Mike Lou, Mike me up, um, starting to hit up Matt, Matt Kelly, Nate list, Ray, all those people. Do you remember the strategy that was kind of around at the time where it was like, you could trade back in your startup like you can go get a second round startup from somebody and get a first you know and this was something we were like yeah hell yeah the trade down the productive struggle and you'd walk away with, out of a draft with like four or five extra future first round picks and still have three or four like third round startups a couple fours a couple fifths a couple six something along that line you,
0: you remember that strategy being so prevalent of course i mean th- there was a point obviously everybody got wise to it at some point where it's not as bad, but it used to be like you're saying, right? Especially if you had one of those top three, six picks, you could go down to certain points in the second round and get like a first and a second. You could go down to the third round and get their two years of first. Like people did not, did not really understand how much they were trading away in futures because they're viewing it as something they're not utilizing. Correct right now.
1: That strategy became so prevalent, like you mentioned, man. It, anymore when you do a startup, it doesn't seem like all 12 people in the first round are like, My pick's on the block, I'm looking to trade back. Like everybody, yeah. everybody wants to do
0: it. And and, and now it's like, if, if I'm if you, basically everybody tries to trade back so much that if you actually want to do it, you're going to have to probably go to the at least the third. Sometimes you'll see people go to the fourth round from the yes. first to get that future in, you know?
1: So then the next evolution of it was outside of the startup. These wide receivers like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, man, trade them away for T. Higgins and get a first. You know, the down tier. That's how the down tier king moniker became. It didn't matter the position, right, Adam? We were willing to down tier these guys if you just add a first on. But then it always kind of seemed like it started to shift from like the really literally one tier down to like sometimes now you got to go two, three, four tiers down to get these deals done because people are wising up to it. Like, why am I... Giving you an extra first for this so this whole thing has just kind of led where people get wiser and wiser to it and it becomes harder and harder to do now not saying that you can't anymore it's just more difficult it's more prevalent more people are aware of it the next evolution for Adam and I is something that we've always been thinking about for quite a while but never really were able to quantify until we met Bob lung and, and Bob lung came on the podcast with his uh, consistency guide, right? That consistency guide opened up so much for me where I was actually to data test some of the theories I had. So this is how this all came about, where I'm going, man, I can't do the normal strategies I do. I'm starting to play in more best ball. Best ball just happens to be a a format, Dynasty best ball happens to be a format where this is very conducive to being able to pull it off, Where in traditional lineup leagues, Adam, even like deep rosters, like some of these deals that we'll get into are crusty. And I don't think you and I, as much as we like to down tier, aren't touching these with a 10-foot pole. But in best ball, it's a much different case. So this is what we're going to dive into. You ready to hit this thing off? Let's let's get her going.
0: Let's do it, man. Come on. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. All right.
1: So the premise is that I still want to down tier. I want to build more depth because in best ball – It's all about the depth baby, it's all about the depth. And if your roster settings allow you to roster enough people to pull it off where you're not constrained, it becomes highly, highly advantageous for you to do it. So I'm gonna kick off with the running back position. So this is pulled from Bob Lung's consistency guide. And in that guide he talks about a thing called clutch games. Now what a clutch game is, is a player in a given week, so Pick a random week week three scores over average of his position group right so he's an above average starter for the week he earns a clutch game so i wanted to theory uh, data test theory test my hypothesis that it's probably not best to have one single stud and maybe break that up into multiple assets going forward in best ball because i don't have to pick and choose when to start these guys i just need them to have a a very high floor so in this head-to-head best ball format, I'm going to put out very consistent weeks. So this is why the consistency guide is so good. So the first one that I wanted to start off and that I looked at, Adam, how about a trade that could be done? These are all trades that I think you could easily pull off in a best ball because of the names, the values. Like I looked at ADPs and everything that that I was leading up to this, and I wanted to find realistic deals. So the first one is Jonathan Taylor on one side, Adam and Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette on the other. Now, for the Dynasty Degenerates out there, Adam, is it fair to say that most people would rather have Jonathan Taylor in that situation than Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, right? Two seventh-round startup picks for a guy who's going to go top
0: six. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty easily you would send those assets away. You know, Aaron Jones, I think, has a realistic year this year to reach a very nice rb1 season but we know the shelf life is probably fading for him and with leonard Fournette, listen he he had a great season last year but how long you project him to continue to do that we don't know so you could probably get two really good seasons out of them but when you think about it from the dynasty landscape like we're accustomed to thinking to in lineup leagues there's no one in the world in a lineup league that would even like we're laughing at you if you sent me that for jonathan taylor absolutely and these are also going to be
1: geared towards like win now right so the 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 edge that you can get is you can actually go out and i'm not going to say guarantee a best ball title but you can sure as hell make that 75 80 percent where in lineup you don't have that luxury because of injuries underperformance, all that or best ball just hey if the guy went off on your bench well he's not on your bench anymore (laughs) he's in your starting lineup so by consistency so clutch rating For Jonathan Taylor, right? He hit 13 out of 17 weeks for the fantasy season last year. He only missed four. uh, His bye week in week 14, week two, week three, and week 16. He did not score above average any of those weeks versus position. Now, let's go and look at Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, right? Aaron Jones hit 11 above average weeks, 11 clutch rated games, and Leonard Fournette hit 12 Twelve of them, Adam. Combined, they have twenty-three weeks last year, where they were above average and would have made your lineup in in, in most leagues. You know, unless you're already seven running backs deep and the other six guys already hit, <laughs> you just yeah. ran out of flex spots. You know what I mean? But right. so, what are we looking at then? The package of Jones and Fournette had had a plus three advantage, so they had three weeks where they actually. Scored points and would have made your lineups versus JTs, right? So I told you he's got the the four weeks where he didn't, one of them the bye week. If you just look at Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, three more weeks out of 17, they would have made your lineup. So the ones that Jonathan Taylor missed, Leonard Fournette or Aaron Jones was making it in there, right? Yeah. Seven times, seven times between that package, both of them would have made your lineup. Seven times, Adam not just one JT above average game, but seven times towards the package. Right. Which is absolutely huge, right? Now you got two guys that are making your lineup at an above average pace and right. scoring you points versus just one Jonathan Taylor. Correct. So this isn't gonna take into account spike weeks, and that'll be a podcast for next week. We'll look at spike weeks, how often they spike, and, and how hard a player will spike too, to to kind of give you a points advantage, but this is focused strictly on floor. And strictly on floor being above average so For me when I looked at this and I was like, holy cow I I had this hypothesis that it's probably better to take one asset and break it up into two But I didn't know it would be this beneficial and that I would actually be gaining Three weeks out of 17 weeks that I play where I don't have to worry about JT having a bad game Because the combination is gonna pick me up from it and then there's seven weeks where I'm getting double production because both of these guys are hitting it. So, what are your thoughts on this? Like, is this something that you kind of w- were hypothesizing too? And what do you think about the numbers when,
0: when I spit those out to you? Yeah, I mean, th- from the consistency side of things and having two shots at guys that are going to be above average in your lineup. I mean, Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette. When you think about it, last year, there's no like, there's no doubt in my mind on any of those stats because. You're got to, you got two shots. And then, like you mentioned, when, when both of them are above replacement, that's another factor in best ball that really you have to discuss, right? Because as great as Jonathan Taylor is, and he's going to have some weeks where he just absolutely goes nuts. Like we said, we're going to talk more about the booms in a different week. But right now, just think about it like this. Jonathan Taylor, even on those weeks, is one spot in your lineup. So if it's costing you depth – what's happening at your other spots, right? Whereas if you have Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette and they both pop, you now have two spots where Jonathan Taylor still only fills one and what is your other flexes and what are your, what's your depth for those flexes to become?
1: Correct. Correct. All right. So let's get a little bit crustier, right? So I moved down just a little bit in perceived like win now running back ranks. Okay. So we're not going to go with the uh, the 101 at <laughs> the running back position. We're going to drop down just a little bit. But how about yeah. Dalvin Cook? I would still say that even now Dalvin Cook carries a pretty hefty price tag because people know what he is. Like if I'm a contender this year, I like Dalvin Cook on my team. Like you're looking at a guy who's got RB1 overall potential just in the way that he can explode. But you're looking at a guaranteed pretty much RB1 for the season. At least for one more year so Dalvin cook I want to say he's going in like the third round of startups right now somewhere in there maybe back end of the third early part of the fourth at worst Yeah. so how about a package where it's either Dalvin cook or a super crusty package that I think everyone would laugh you out of the building if if you tried to go buy Dalvin cook for this but on the converse side you could definitely trade Dalvin cook for this how, how beneficial would this be to you so you trade away Dalvin cook in a basketball league, but instead you get Tony Pollard, Clyde edwards hilaire and J.D. McKissick. Like, how gross does that sound right off the bat?
0: I, I was on mute for a second. You didn't hear <laughs> it. I was drinking some bourbon, and I, I I almost gagged in my mouth. That was that's how gross that was. <laughs> just don't throw up all over the microphone. That's all we ask. Try, you. try not <laughs> to. Just, that, right. But that is that is gross, man. That's gross.
1: So let's look at the numbers as far as clutch rating goes for these guys. Dalvin Cook hit nine clutch rating games last year. So he missed week three, four, five, his bye week in seven, eight, 13, 16, and 17. Right? He didn't didn't score above average in any of those. And some of those are injury. You know, if you're if you a Dalvin Cook manager and he's been on your teams, you know sometimes uh, he gives you some duds, right? <laughs> some real duds and some real disappointing ones. All right, Tony Pollard had a nice season last year right but nothing super spectacular but this is the beauty of baseball. i don't have to choose when tony pollard goes off he's just sitting there waiting for me he had five weeks he popped last week it scored ab- uh, last year and scored above average clyde edwards hilaire you remember old clyde edwards hilaire the hype around him and then last year he's dead and this year he's even more dead do you know f- he also popped five weeks last year five weeks he scored above average which is five more than I thought he did, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and J.D. McKissick, again, another guy who hit five weeks last year. Five weeks. Now, we're looking at three assets spread out over. So, right. Mike, you're gonna, Mike, tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me how often did Dalvin Cook make your lineup versus how often the package would have made your lineup. And believe it or not, the package of crusties made the lineup two more times than Dalvin Cook would have. In three of those weeks, at least two of those guys would have entered your lineup. That was shocking to me, Adam. Yeah. Like I was trying to pick the crustiest, just grossest dudes I could. Like I'm not cherry picking this. I'm just picking random guys going like, could I get deals done with this? Like is this realistic for somebody to trade? Like if I were to send out Dalvin Cook for Tony Pollard, Clyde Edwards Holer and JD McKissick. In a best ball league that I have, would somebody snap except that? Right. They'd probably have to take a moment and be like, "Is this guy serious? Like, what am I missing here? Is there like a hidden first that I don't see?" Here? Yeah, so crazy, man.
0: It's crazy that, cause those, those are really
1: yeah. gross, man. They're disgusting. They're, they're super disgusting. I mean, Tory Pollard's fine, but the other two, woof, man. And and these are like scat backs that I don't normally target or don't don't normally like in Dynasty. You know what I mean? But I got to get away from that mindset of lineup where it's like, I don't want the scat backs because I got to pick and choose when to start these guys. I got to pick and choose when Naheem Hines goes off. And usually I pick wrong. Usually he's in my lineup and he does nothing. And then he's sitting on my bench the next week and then he goes off. So this is what's conducive to the best ball format is that you don't have to make these decisions. But it, it really changes the whole value as far as win now. So that's from the running back position. And I'll keep going because I did this for every position. We'll touch on quarterbacks last. And then I got a couple of trades here that I made that I got dunked on. And we're going to tell people why they were wrong for dunking on them. I like right. it. I like wide it. Rec- Let's do it. Wide receiver position. Jamar Chase, the GOAT, right? The, the the 101, the 102 for the wide receiver position. Everybody's favorite. Love Jamar, Jamar Chase, trade hysteria. You remember that one?
0: <laughs> I did. One, one of my favorite <laughs> episodes.
1: Alright, so Jamar Chase and in return for the uh, trading away Jamar Chase, you'd get a guy like Keenan Allen and DJ Moore Now a little bit more re- reasonable. I think in like a traditional dynasty lineup league. I Still think people would probably favor Jamar Chase because of the youth and everything that's built around him Right and they look at Keenan Allen and then they look at DJ Moore as underperforming But this is the one we're gonna start with so okay. Jam- Jamar Chase 12 weeks last year above average Missed weeks 9, 12, 13, and 15. And then we obviously know what he did in week 17. So we'll cover that in the, the spike week where he absolutely destroyed the Kansas City Chiefs, those poor sons of bitches. <laughs> All right, Keenan Allen, 13 weeks, right? He actually had more above-average games than Jamar Chase. Wow. But he's tied
0: to Justin Herbert, so we could probably I, expect I guess it, I right? shouldn't say wow on the contending side that isn't that crazy.
1: Not horrible. DJ Moore, eleven above-average weeks. So, if you were to look at the package, Adam, plus four weeks to the package side, they would have actually made your lineup versus just a single Jamar Chase. And eight eight weeks, eight weeks, both of them would have made your lineup. Eight, eight weeks, you would have hit two wide receiver spots in a best ball
0: lineup. It's like the double down, the casino, right? The the right. You You want to hit the double downs.
1: Right? I'm going to split these wide receivers.
0: Yep. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Ace your face. Let's go.
1: All right. So same kind of principle. Let's do wide receivers, but let's get a little bit more crusty. So let me drop down a little bit and let me go to somebody who, who's on the older side but still producing at a high level for the, the contenders out there, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had Aaron Rodgers last year, and he performed very, very well. Uh, he had 14 weeks. Miss Weeks eight, nine is by week and thirteen. Did not enter your lineup for those those three weeks. How about the package of Christian Kirk, Tyler Boyd, and Brandon Cooks? Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? Nothing super, super exciting there. Maybe Brandon Cooks is probably the most favorable mm-hmm. than Kirk, then Boyd, I guess. But none of these guys are super sexy, right? Cooks is always being
0: slept on every single year.
1: Christian wow. Kirk,
0: yeah. I was going to say Christian Kirk, though, before you dive into this, this is he's a I I mean, when we're doing these type of. This is like a sticker shock for people, right? Like you're having a hard time processing that. But in best ball, like Kirk is, is someone I am actually very interested in, not just because of this deal in general, like those type of receivers. I'm very interested in best ball. So I want to hear how this one works out
1: those possibilities, you know, those guys that are being slept on that nobody really seems to value, but you can find that hidden value. This is part of why we're doing this podcast is so you can know like there are people out there. There are players out there. You can go get, even if you don't want to do a deal like this, there are guys out there you can get for dirt cheap. You know, you can get a Brandon Cooks or a Christian Kirk or a Tyler Boyd. You can get these kind of guys for not a hell of a lot. You know, some of them will carry different different values for different folks, but one of the The beauties of doing a deal like this where you're sending away Devontae Adams for these guys is that people will see the name Devontae Adams and they already have an opinion. They already have a thought. They already get excited in their head and they're like, this is crazy. I would definitely do this and not realizing that you're the one fucking them in the end. Yeah, (laughs) You're the one getting one over on them. You're the one finding the edge. So this is what it's about, man. I'm trying to find these edges that people aren't paying attention to. Because this format is so new, and this comes from us playing, Adam. You know, you know, last year we've had a billion discussions about studs and duds in basketball. Who,
0: who had Devonta Adams as one of the guys that was going to have to be there week in and week out for him, right here? Huge, right? And I'm rolling with like Tyler
1: Lockett and AJ Green and Byron Pringle and you know just random Isaiah dudes. McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie. I got a week from that. That kind of stupid stuff, man. So this is coming from experience. So Christian Kirk had ten weeks last year where he would have made your lineup. Ten weeks. I, that was high for me. <laughs> I was like, wow, Christian Kirk. He is, Tyler, it was his
0: best season last year, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Tyler Boyd had nine, and then old rock steady Brandon Cooks had ten. Ten weeks. So you get one receiver for the three receivers. In the end, because Devontae Adams is one of the most consistent wide receivers with Aaron Rodgers, one of the most consistent we've ever had, right? He only had three weeks last year where he wouldn't have made your lineup in best ball, which is wild to me. Uh, the package ends up being plus one though So they beat him out by one week So if Devontae wouldn't have made it for three weeks The package wouldn't have made it for two weeks Two weeks out of the entire year Okay Ten weeks of that time though Adam Two of those guys would have entered your lineup Two of them
0: and, So ten, ten of seventeen weeks
1: Yeah, In two, two weeks last year All three of them would have made your lineup You would have filled three wide receiver spots Twice last year with the package in yep. ten weeks, you
0: would have filled two wide receiver spots. That's that's, including, crazy. that's You know what's crazy about that too, that I think we need to talk about is that's including bye weeks, right? Cause yes. When you go yep. bye weeks, one of them have to miss, so yes. that includes that into the formula.
1: That is that is that is very key. It's just wild to me that the package of crusties in. In reality from what we've seen and with this data that's backing it up here looking at average weeks and grading them on a weekly scale is Far outperforming the one stud, right? I wasn't trying to confirm this. I've always had this opinion since we really started playing basketball Adam, but To actually see the data points on it and then to go like week by week For each individual player and pull it and be like was this guy in my lineup Would this guy not be in my lineup to see it written down here. And then I added the uh, the the, the, uh, the times two into your lineup or the times three in your lineup, too, because I want to know how many roster spots are they filling. Like, am yeah, I better off with sure. the one guy or am I better off with the three guys? Because I do have that opportunity. Like, I don't, it really doesn't matter how hard Devontae Adams booms. Like, if he has a 40 point week at him, if I got three guys entering my lineup that are all scoring above average, so they're probably scoring 15 points or more at the wide receiver position. I'm going to beat that out, the one Devontae Adams game in the end, right? Because <laughs> right? you then have to rely on somebody else entering your lineup with Devontae Adams, and that may or may not happen if they're not a consistent player or if they're not being overlooked. So,
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, like I really want you to think about this point, Dynasty Degenerates, because I, I've, Mike and I have played in a bunch of these Dynasty best ball leagues, Last year. Right. That was when we really started honing in the numbers and seeing how it all worked. I'll tell you, I had a few that were much more well-rounded with depth and I had a few that were like, man, you know, it just became too enticing the names. Right. Because Mike and I are going through this myself last year. There's a couple teams I had where it's like, but but all these studs and I'll say this. If you have these studs and duds, right, the, the problem becomes what Mike's getting at here, right? If you don't have enough depth, because even though Devontae Adams, like we, we're not going to get into the boom week on this episode, but let's say he does in that week, kill it. And all these other guys that you have a few studs, they all kill it at once. Maybe your peak is really nice, but here's the problem. Playoffs, if you earn a buy, you still have two weeks you have to win, right? And if you don't earn a buy, you have three weeks you have to win. So with the studs and duds, If you don't have it backfilled with depth, maybe your boom is high. But how realistic is it that you're going to have three weeks in a row where most of them all hit at once? That's not something that's good for your team.
1: Yeah, it's very tough to hit them all at the exact same time, right? At at the end of the year, not have
0: anyone get hurt, COVID, all at once in the end of the season.
1: Well, think about how much more risk you're carrying with one player versus three. Right. You know what I mean? One guy, like – I can love Jonathan Taylor or Kyle Pitts or Josh Allen all I want, right? They're they're fantastic players in best ball. But there's some inherent risk to, you know, the old saying, having all your eggs in one basket, right? Like, w- what happens you drop the basket?
0: <laughs> now you're done. Like, it's, yeah. it, it's over with. Well, I mean, let's go back to our matchup um, in the playoffs, right? So Kelsey. it was yeah. exactly, in that whole week, Mike. COVID, him and Hill, is it gonna play? It sounds he's gonna play, he's not gonna play, right? I had Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Swift not play versus your team. Had those two guys been playing, I odds are I still lose to you, but I had a I had a much more punchers chance then. Right. But the problem is I don't have those two and I don't have all the depth that you have, where if you lose Leonard Fournette, you have three other running backs that can come in and fill it out pretty easily, right? That's the difference in what you're saying, putting all the eggs in one basket. Yeah, I wonder. Let me pull that one up, too, that
1: because that league, I think I go back and I can actually look at who was in the lineup, who made it at the time, too. Yeah. Just give the people a, a good idea of exactly what you're talking about, being down what you were.
0: Right. Um,
1: where were we? That was week if you 16, remember, right? Yep. It was
0: week 16, and then on top of that, Mike, think yep. about this, too. Remember how great of a start Adams and Rodgers had? Yeah, huge. First the Yeah. Right. Yep.
1: So that week, uh, your your quarterback was Davis Mills at or uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes at twenty eight points, and mine was Davis Mills at twenty five. You had Jeff Wilson enter your lineup at eighteen points. Congrats to you, (laughs) Jeff Wilson, (laughs) baby. David Montgomery and Isaiah McKenzie entered my lineup. Both scored over thirty. That was the week Isaiah McKenzie went off. If
0: you don't, I was going to say. I'm glad that we weren't right there because he's. He's giving me all these props on Jeff Wilson at 18. Isaiah McKenzie hit me in the mouth for 30. Wow.
1: Uh, Devonte Adams went off for 40, 41. You yeah,
0: a great game.
1: Your tight end ended up being Noah Fant, which you would think, oh, not bad. But Noah Fant didn't have a good game that week. He only no. scored you eight, eight and a half points. Correct. You know who my tight end was that week? Mm-hmm. Foster Moreau. Oh, that's, right. that's <laughs> 15, right. 15 and a half points. Uh, first flex spot that we come to, right? Because this is one where we only started one at East position and then a few flex, right, in a super flex. So correct. first flex, this is where, where the depth really starts to take over, right? I just went through the starters, but the first flex, I got Debo Samuel as my first flex, right, because my wide receivers were deep enough. Isaiah exactly. McKenzie was my wide receiver one. Debo Samuel, first flex, 37 points. Your first flex, Braxton Berrios. <laughs> 17, yeah. 17 points
0: a nice waiver wire pickup for the uh that league but yeah. not gonna compete with Debo Samuel in this in the side
1: my second flex Cooper Cup 28 points your second flex Hunter Renfro at 14 Byron Pringle my third and final flex my oh sorry my my third flex not final third third flex 28 and a half points Miko Hardman 13 points for you Josh Jacobs 22.6 points Miles Sanders eight point five, like you. As we keep going down, like my depth just keeps beating out your flex by more and more and more. Right. T. And y. Hilton seventeen points. Tyler Croft eight, and then super flex twenty two for me uh, from Russell Wilson twenty seven for twenty eight from you
0: for Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And, and that's where like, like my point was if if you had if Kelsey had played and boomed and Swift was playing and boomed. Maybe it's closer, but even still, Mike, like you alluded to with the flexes, you had me beat so much there that even if those guys both played really well, it's, yeah. there's no sure thing that I win that even then. You got 80 points to make up. Exactly. Right off the jump.
1: So the other one that I wanted to illustrate, especially for this one, is let's look at the bench, right? So the depth. Yeah, you. you I'm, my, my
0: bench is going to get really gross pretty quick.
1: Your bench. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it is bad, buddy. It is really bad. Yep. Uh, Josh Johnson. Top scorer on your bench, 25 points. Your next bench player scored a high of 7 points. My bench was looking like <laughs> 16 from Tannehill, 16 from Cousins, 19 from Brady. I got a 10 from Booker. I got a 15 from Daryl Williams, a 10 from Javante Williams. I got a 13, a 14, and a 15. Right, yep. so I still had double-digit scores on my bench that couldn't even make my lineup. Correct. Right. Like, so we're picking the best of the best out of the depth, and you're scraping the bottom of the barrel on the hopes of Kelsey and Swift playing. And even then, like I'm just so I'm so consistent top to bottom that it's a tough thing to overcome. Like you, you, you can beat me. There's, there's no doubt about it, right. You right. can have that's, all, a, that's what I'm saying. Right. You can have a Tyreek Hill game or a Travis Kelsey game. No doubt. But over the course of seventeen weeks, Adam, if we played every single week, just you and I head to head, what do you think the record is
0: at the end of the year? Like 14, may, 14
1: and three to me?
0: I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say maybe best case scenario for me is probably winning twenty-five percent of the games in that range.
1: And it's rough, right? This is where the difference between lineup and, and best ball is is that if you're just consistent every single week, like my average score, I think, in that league might have been like two hundred and 60 270 points something like that somewhere around there like i'm i'm putting that up every single week while other teams yes that we did have a few teams that jumped to like 320 for one week right but their average is probably extremely extremely lower much lower than mine would have been which is is wild to me and that this is the exact league where i started to have this hypothesis of and, and i i implemented it right i i wasn't gonna just just hey I kind of think about it and you and I talked about it after the draft where you're like I got all these studs you know I got this extremely high ceiling and I'm like I think probably depth wins out just being honest in best ball just the way things work that yeah if if I could just have 25 roster spots of guys who could make my 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 lineup at any given moment and score 10 points maybe have a boom week here or there man all your studs have to click Or, or not all of them but you know most of them have to click like you can't you can't take a lot of zeros because then it just undoes your 60-point game that you get out of one guy. If two other spots are taking zeros, if you average the three of them out, it's like, oh, you only scored 20 across the board. Who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like my, my point, though, I think in this whole thing is um, going through and saying that, listen, I think there is a scenario where a dozen duds can win, but the problem is your odds are not good, especially when you get to the playoffs. Yeah relative to whatever happens in the regular season, right? Because you and I won't play each other every game, and you're not going to play everyone in the league. But the point is, when you get to the playoffs, if you have the studs and does approach, if you run into one of these teams, a couple things. One, this was an auction, so you were able to really grab a whole lot of the solid pieces. Or like in a startup, that's kind of why we're talking about this. So you have these studs. If you can trade and get a bunch of depth, even though it seems gross, if you can make your lineup spread out and get more of a build like that where you're – secure at all these positions that's Mm going to be more optimal because in the studs and duds approach you probably can win some games and have some peak weeks but in three games in the playoffs to have those to not have the depth it's just it's highly unlikely you're going to get through that scenario kind of like
1: uh you know like the nba or the mlb or the the hockey playoffs you know what i mean versus the nfl where just one week all you need to do is get hot and win and anybody can win in a in a one week football game but over the course of a seven-game series, you know what I mean? If you kind of look at best ball playoffs as like a a three-game series, over the course of a three-game series, man, the the better team is probably going to win out. Yeah. Yeah. You might get knocked off the first week, and it may happen. That's why we say we can't guarantee it. But you're going to bring an extremely high floor that the other team has to match or they're screwed. Like, they have to. Which – also doesn't take into effect, like, you got your own players, and, and, and while they're not the super studs, right, they're, you know, Cooper Cup was phenomenal for me last year, Debo was phenomenal, but like you saw, like, Isaiah McKenzie going for 38 points, like, just a random dude, he can still boom and have a big week. Now, maybe it's not as hard as your Devontae Adams, or at the quarterback position, maybe my Kirk Cousins boom week isn't as hard as, like, what a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert will bring. But I still get to have some of those weeks along the way too, so I still get some of the spike weeks, and we'll touch sure. on that next week. But sure,
0: yeah. Let's, I mean, let's yeah. get back to that trade though. I, w- I was just getting to the point that if you have the depth, and it sounds gross if you're listening to some of these trades, it all all the studs with no depth behind it lends you to be very exposed over a three week playoff period. All
1: right, so let's look at we uh, we do tight end premium leagues and, and all this stuff too. So let's look at the tight end position, Adam Travis Kelsey. Or Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> Just think about that one. I mean, Travis Kelsey on a win now team, or Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson.
0: In best ball, that's the least gross one you've presented, honestly, though.
1: Yeah. But it's one that I think could probably get done, right? You see the Kelsey name and you go, holy shit, Travis Kelsey on a, on a contender. Like, I. I don't know, a lot of people don't believe in Hawkinson. You and I are kind of cooled on him, too, where you're just like, I don't think it's ever really going to happen for him the way we want. And then Hunter Henry always just kind of seems like an afterthought, you know, just a whatever a whatever yeah. piece. So Travis Kelsey last year, 11 clutch games. So he missed out on week 4, 8, 13, 14, and, of course, week 16, which we just touched on. Sorry to bring it up again, buddy. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hunter Henry, 8 weeks eight weeks above average. At the tight end position for Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson also joined him with eight weeks. So combined those two were plus two weeks over Travis Kelsey. And two of those weeks last year, both of those guys were above average at tight end. So if you had flex spot or something and they scored enough, both of those guys might've made your actual lineup in a best ball, which is crazy. Or yeah. if it's a uh, two tight end, we're not even talking about two tight end leagues. Because that changes everything completely too, right? If you sure. got to fill two spots, that would be massive for that. Now let's go for the uh, the old three uh, one for three, right? <laughs> How about Mark Andrews, the tight end one last year, right? Mm-hmm. 14 weeks. Mark Andrews was heavily consistent. Outside of weeks one, seven, and his bye week in week eight, Mark Andrews was an above average option at the tight end every single week, and I think we saw it with some of those big big games and just the way he brought it. But how about Mark Andrews for a package of Dawson Knox, Cole Komet, and Tyler Higby? Yeah. Wolf, (laughs) Big woof. Those three tight ends, Dawson Knox had eight weeks above average, Cole Komet eight weeks above average, and Tyler Higby eight weeks above average. Now, the weird thing is, if you look over the course of the season, just because how consistent Mark Andrews was, if I look week by week the package is actually negative 1, right? There was one extra week where Mark Andrews would have been in your lineup and the package wouldn't have ever been there. Like none of those guys would have would have entered your lineup, which is I think a big testament to how good Mark Andrews was. But if I look at weeks where two of them would have been in there, there was eight weeks where two of those tight ends would have entered your lineup, and there was actually two weeks where all three of them were above average at the position. So you can get by with these these turds consistency-wise. I guess in the case of Mark Andrews, who was the tight end one to go down this far, you might lose one week, Adam. One yeah. week where somebody who had Mark Andrews would have been beneficial. But does that really make up for the other, you know, eight weeks where two of these guys were above average at the position? We don't know how hard they spiked in those weeks, or the uh, the two weeks where all three of them were above average starters at the tight end tight end position and earned a clutch game. I think for me, I'd still want the package. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think this is a good one to look at the spike weeks too, right? Yes. Yep. Especially especially at tight end because I think where you I think what you talked about too is really big, right? Knowing the format. If you're if you're in a two tight end league, like this is I I know it sounds really gross, but in two tight end, I don't think this is much of a discussion because you're getting three shots at two spots versus only one. And in two tight end, man, Unless you have like a bunch of those middling guys, it gets really gross at tight end really fast. Really fast, yes. So, and two tight end is no doubt. I, and, I, and I'm saying, I think you could probably make a case you just did for the package. I think the boom weeks will really tell you like how much of a difference it actually makes. Cause the, I bet you even when you factor in the boom weeks, you still might want the package. But I'd be you curious, might, to, yep. I'm, I'm curious to see how much that shifts it though.
1: I would also say too something to keep in mind for all of this too. If you're taking up two, three, four players, those are players that can't be on your competitor's roster, scoring yep. against you, scoring consistently too. So you're taking that that part away from them. You're taking some of those spike weeks for these bench guys. Like they may have an Andrews or an Andrews-like tight end and have a Tyler Higby, right? Yeah. If you can get that Higby off of them, now they're just relying on the one guy, right? You make their depth a little bit less. So that's another aspect, a way to four D it to be like, yeah much better to be on my team and I'll, I'll have all the crusties than to let you walk into a, a Tyler Higby spike week, you know? So, yeah,
0: I think another thing to consider too is how many times, cause you, you still like, all right, you don't want to have a bunch of just studs and no death. Right. But there's also probably, there's a balance to where as great as all the, the middle and gross crusties are, you probably still want to have some guys that have the booms and the pops. Right. So, like how many, how many guys can you afford to really tear down for those three? Cause you want a depth it, but you also want some guys that are gonna have a little bit more ceiling play as a, as opposed to just like all floor plays, you know, and, the, and especially the yeah. consistency guide helps you figure that out.
1: I think for me, the more and more I look at it and we'll, we'll do quarterbacks here too. And that'll kind of drive it home where I think if I'm going to do it in these leagues, I want more of those middle to upper tier type quarterbacks. I don't want the the studs, right? Because they carry such a heavy price tag and I can easily down tier off of them. Right. But I'm talking those guys that are if you think about a traditional startup atom, like maybe the 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 third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round type quarterbacks. Like I might favor those and that'll kinda be where I want to get some of my spike weeks at. But even at, like, the running back position, man, you can get some really good, like, seventh-round traditional startup-type value running backs that are still going to produce and give you enough spike weeks the same way, like, a Swift, a Najee, a Jonathan Taylor will give a wide receiver. We know how flat that tier is, and and we saw it last year with, like, Cooper Cup coming out of nowhere and, and Debo Samuel coming out of nowhere. Like, man, just give me all the wide receivers from, like, rounds four through nine. Oh yeah, I'm I'm good. Just give me these dudes, and then I'll fill in with some of the Tyler Boyd's and the Jacoby Myers, and like I'll be fine with those guys as well. Right. Tight end might be the other position, though, Adam. Where I think maybe you still favor the studs
0: just a little bit, and that's that's kind of why I'm talking about it here because at wide receiver, we just went through and did you know the uh, the smashing you gave me in week 16, right? And we talked about two wide receivers, you know. A can, yeah. yeah, a can of chips and chips <laughs> that scored 30 points, right? Like if you're going to just play the depth game and numbers game at receiver, I think it's, that's the one that you want to play it at most. Um, I think at running back, like you alluded to, you can get in the seventh, you know, the guys that are a lot yeah. further down in dynasty value, the Jacobs, the uh, Aaron Jones, even like you said, go down further, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard. those types were, in lineups they might be a headache to figure out when you want to play them and at best well you don't have to and they don't cost nearly as much. So that's another position where I think it's probably a balance but you can get away with having the later guys, right? Whereas in for tight sure. end man like it's one of those weird things where yeah, you can get some you can get some of these cheap completely worthless guys that just fall in the end zone, but for how many weeks is that going to happen? Like that that position gets thin after like being nice prior twenty twenty five guys, you know? And you throw some turds in there, you're just going to keep throwing turds, but how many of them can you rely on? Correct.
1: Like, I think you want to stay in a certain range for tight ends and you don't want to go too far past it. Like, mm-hmm. that last one I gave you, that's probably my limit of, like, giving me the three tight ends where I'm looking at, like, guys you might rank in, like, the top 15 to 20, but after that, like, I don't really want to touch any of those dudes outside of that because, shit, I can find that on the waiver wire any given any given week, you know what I mean? I can find that, oh, you know, so-and-so's hurt, so is back up. Foster Moreau starting. Let me have, you know, let me pick Foster Moreau up off the waivers or whatever the fuck it may be. So I think tight end, yeah, definitely have a range. And I'm going to say we're going to go through the quarterback here. I'm going to say that quarterback's kind of trended in that direction for me just a little bit, just okay. a little bit. Let's um, talk about it, yeah. So some of these leagues that we do for best ball, like people get two stud quarterbacks and they think they're fine. I'm here to tell you that's probably not the best way to do it, right? <laughs> I would say not.
0: I would say, Mike, that as much as my death was an issue in in the bomb squad, since we're talking about that one already, yes, I could make the case that the quarterback just having Rodgers and Mahomes and nothing else was also as much to my detriment as anything. Because I think that's fair. I mean, that's the other point in that week where you beat me pretty good. I mean, had I had Kelsey and Swift, it might be closer. But Rodgers and Mahomes weren't bad those weeks. They were okay, both of them, right? You said they were in high mid-20s, right? They were both okay. They weren't great, but they were okay. But I had weeks where one of those two did not make my lineup. And if you don't have another one, like, then you have, right, a flex player have to go to super flex, which makes all your flexes weaker. So, like, quarterback is another one where, like, it's a a very good blend of you need to, like you said, you need to have some of those middle-tier guys maybe, but you can't have just two studs. And you probably don't want to have all turds either, right? There's a balance.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, so quarterbacks. On Bob's consistency rating, he goes by QB1s. right? He has a uh, a super flex section, so I did pull some ratings. I just could not find the weekly ones where they would have been clutch for super flex. So I kind of had to make up and define my own, and we'll get to that. But I'll just go by QB1. QB1 status above average. So Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, two rookies. Like I think that's a deal that people would take. <laughs> you know, Mac kind of unsexy, Trevor Lawrence people hating on, and Josh Allen is the guy at the quarterback position, right? The
0: guy. I, I would tell you right now, man, that first of all is you're probably right. There's a Mac Jones unsexiness, but of all the deals we've talked about, that one, I think, Dynasty Generals, I hope you're agreeing with agreement with me here that's the least like that's the least gross sounding one like that one sounds to me like i'm only going from josh allen to trevor lawrence and then i get mac jones too wow i'm very interested in that yeah all
1: right so last week as far as like q uh, last year as far as qb1s go uh clutch games he had 13 so who did tr- uh josh allen okay trevor lawrence had four bad year for him right nothing yep. spectacular but he did get four in there and mac jones surprisingly had six six which was kind of shocking to me so this is just by one qb so if i just look at that it's negative five to the package josh allen had five more weeks where he would have been an above average clutch rating quarterback for you but one week out of the year last year you would have had both trevor lawrence and mac jones be above average in qb1 standards like one qb standards which is wild to got me. 12. Yeah, what that would top twelve ish. So he doesn't set a hard deadline at twelve. He takes all the quarterbacks who would have started across there, and then finds the average amount of points they do. And if they score above that average baseline, so like there's a few in there where Trevor Lawrence is like QB
0: fourteen. Got it. But but it's right in the range of twelve. Got the it.
1: fall off from Trevor Lawrence to like you know QB twenty is is. Like 10 points you know what yeah it's mean? a massive gap so where
0: the reality is Q- qb 14 and qb 12 that week were pretty close I make this sense. is
1: something too like the more and more i get into data and like people are talking about it in the heisman and the discord about we should only look at top 12 running backs and i'm going like we'll go look at last year like that the cutoff for R, you know, RB twelve is like fourteen and a half points, but like RB thirteen scored fourteen point four, and RB you know, RB fourteen scored fourteen point three. Like I think we got to have a points per game cutoff, or an average, or a baseline, and not just an arbitrary. You're an RB one or you're not. <laughs> so he does above average for the field. So if there Makes was, sense. if there was going to be twelve starters at the quarterback position, would he have been above average or not? So All right, so ideally not great, but if you're just looking at QB1. So I pulled the Superflex numbers. As far as Superflex goes, I have the overall rating for the season last year. Josh Allen would have been 88% clutch or consistent in in a Superflex format, meaning 88% of the time he would have been an above-average starter at your quarterback or your Superflex position. Trevor Lawrence was only 41%, and Mac Jones was 53%. So just to contract that with their overall ratings for one QB settings, 76% consistency and one QB for Josh Allen, 24% for Trevor Lawrence and 35% for Mac Jones. So a little bit more favorable to the Josh Allen side. Now I have a second table we'll get into in a minute, but let me just go to the second trade so we keep this moving. Jalen Hurts or Jared Goff, Danny Dimes, and Ryan Tannehill. Read it again. Jalen Hurts. Or Jared Goff, Danny Dimes, and Ryan Tannehill. A Uh, guy who's going in round two of startups versus three guys who go in the ninth,
0: (laughs) tenth round. (laughs) See, what's interesting about this one, though, is... These are super crusties. It is, but... All right, so this is where I think we need to have the discussion in the plethora, right? So if it's Jalen Hurts for two of those guys, like there's just probably no way you'd want that. No. Other side, right? But, three that, of them? but that's where the That's exactly the point, Mike, three of them, right? Now mm-hmm. you're talking, one, three, what project to be quarterback starters for the year, right? So you're already depleting the field of quarterbacks that actually are going to yes. start, right? It's leverage. On, right, leverage. And on top of it, by number standpoints, yes, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the top scorer on a handful of weeks versus those three. Right, but what you're talking about with the depth and hitting both superflex and quarterback versus him, it's it sounds gross, man. And we, I mean, Danny Dimes, Jared Goff, Tannehill, like those all three right now. There are panic in the streets of dynasty right now. But in in this type of a format, if you're trying to go for the jugular and win it, it's. I'm very curious to hear this because I I think I know where it's going.
1: Jalen hurts ten weeks last year. Above average clutch. So, Jared Goff was only five, Danny Dimes was four, and Ryan Tannehill was five. So, between the package, you actually got 14 weeks versus 10 weeks out of Jalen Hurts. Right. Um, As far as just it lined up with weeks, though, actually negative one to the package. So, there was one week in there when nobody in the package actually would have been above average, but Jalen Hurts would have been one more (laughs) for him. But four of those weeks, two of those guys would have been above average in QB1 settings, and one week all three of them yeah. <laughs> were above average in one QB settings. Now, as far as superflex consistency would go, 80% for Jalen Hurts, 43 for Goff, 64 for Danny Dimes and 71 for Tannehill. Conversely, like Danny Dimes was the big one when I was doing this research that had a massive jump from one QB like, if you're only looking at 12 in, like, range for above average versus Superflex. Because he's only 24% consistent in one QB formats, but he's 64% consistent in two QB formats. So, big props to Danny Dimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's interesting knowing he was kind of hamstrung a little bit for the, normally the running force. That's a yeah. big thing, right? All
1: right. So, I wanted to look at them, too. All right. What the if you just look at the QB 24 last year as far as points per game Adam They came out to about 14.2 points whoever the hell the QB 24 was was 14.2 But I always think that doesn't really tell me the whole story So what I did is I went back through every single week and looked at who the actual QB 24 was for that week Added their entire scores up weeks 1 through 17 and then divided by 17, right? so I can get an average output of what QB 24 you're the the worst super flex starter in the league would have been who would have made your lineup What he would have had for a point out output output total and it's actually only 11.1 points So still double digits, but that's the baseline. Sure. So if I just look at that baseline and go through it Josh Allen 16 out of 17 weeks He had 11.1 points the only week he missed his fucking bye week Okay but the package of Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, actually, seven weeks for Trevor Lawrence and twelve weeks for Mac Jones above eleven point one points. So a total of nineteen. Pretty impressive for those two. Like yeah. if we're talking super flex formats. Right. A little bit of a swing back to that side, but I still kind of lean towards the man, I maybe I want to stay a little bit more in the upper echelon of quarterback. But this is the one that killed it for me. Like If, we, if we're comparing Allen, Lawrence, and Mac, I'm on that trade. But if I'm going to drop down to a guy like Jalen Hurts, who people like and had a very nice season last year, as far as Superflex consistency, it was 14 weeks above 11.1 points. So a little bit of a dip from, from uh, Josh Allen. But if I go look at the other guys, Jared Goff, 8. Danny Dimes, 7. And Ryan Tannehill, 14 weeks. So you've got 21, 29 weeks combined between the package of super shit versus Jalen Hurts. Yeah. The package of super shit beats out Jalen Hurts heavily in super flex format. So I would say that you probably need to have a a range if you want to do these kind of down tiers on a contender. Now, you want to go from some of these middling quarterbacks, like these second rounders, these third round guys down to the super crusties and get three of them not only is it a leverage play not only you're spreading your assets out not only are you minimizing some of the risk but you're actually going to produce a more consistent number from your qb and super flex position throughout the entire year and a lot of times you're going to hit both of them my only hesitancy would be from these elite stud quarterbacks you're gonna to want to go a little bit higher, you know. You're gonna to want to go for a guy like a uh, uh, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers if he's being devalued, and then pair them up with a couple other turds. You know what I mean? Like, don't go, don't go super, super saying crazy and go right to the the golf that uh, the Tannehill and the Danny dives from Josh Allen. Don't don't go that nuts. Yeah, but, I think but try to stay up in that the little bit of the elite top 15 range of quarterbacks plus something else on your down tier.
0: Yeah, I think I think what you just hit on too is that, and you're right, right? The numbers reflect that it's the middle, more the middle versus the complete dog shit crusty guys, right? But the other thing I think that is baked into that that's the same idea but is not necessarily discussed in just the consistency guide here, right? You're also talking about those three guys are really unsafe in the terms of the dynasty world, right? So you're looking at the lower end scoring. Although, they're like you said, they're going to give you all those weeks. If you have to get some of them for depth, that's fine. But like th- then you end up with none of those guys could be even worth a fuck in a year, right? So there's a balance of dynasty value plus the points in your lineup too, right? so i have a league
1: where i'm putting this strategy and what i found out to the test it's my i'm i don't know if you want to call it experimental league but i'm i'm hot committed yeah. to following this this thing through and i'm willing to put myself out there and take all the heat back and I'm, boy boy oh boy did i get plenty of it but never fear i broke down these trades as well so the first one i made in total in its entirety This is like a 35-man roster, start 12, I believe, best ball. Uh, I traded away Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, and John Mechie, right? You hear Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts, I bet you go, oh, shit, what did you do? And in return, I got Zach Ertz, Brandon Cooks, Josh Jacobs, Terry McLaurin, a 23-third and a 23-fourth. So just quickly, the way I broke down the deal with the way most people uh, that – You know, I talk to who break down the deal and respect like Adam would break it down the exact same way. It's Pitts for Ertz, Cooks, and Jacobs. The McLaurin-Smitty swap, that's fine. And then Mechie for the third and the fourth. Nobody really gives a shit about that part. So, Adam, I actually put that in here. And I went by the consistency ratings on the Kyle Pitts trade just so we knew. Yeah, that's exactly
0: how when we talked about it, I broke it down the exact same way.
1: Bingo. So I put it in for the consistency ratings. Now, I didn't use Kyle Pitts in here. I wanted to go right to the top. Who the hell was the tight end one? So Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews yeah. I'm going to use Mark Andrews because that's kind of the way we're valuing Kyle Pitts right now. Mark Andrews in place of Kyle Pitts, but 14 weeks. We we already touched on that once. Consistency above average at their position. Zach Ertz, Adam, 10 weeks. 10 weeks as an above average tight end last year. And coincidentally, most of those came after the trade. He was very good in Arizona there to end the year. Brandon Cooks. He was already made one on on one of these lists, Uh, again, 10 weeks. And Josh Jacobs, surprisingly, an extremely consistent running back last year, 12 weeks. So if I just break it down, plus two to the package in consistency, there are two weeks where Mark Andrews, quote-unquote Kyle Pitts, would not have made a lineup any spot. Two weeks, somebody from the package was making a lineup. 11 weeks two of those guys were making the lineup and four weeks all three of them would have made my lineup at some point Which is wild to me one Kyle Pitts or Four weeks where all three of these dudes these turds these crusty Crusty nobody likes them the Ertz, the cooks the Jacobs. I'm getting a guy at the running back position I'm getting a guy to fill a wide receiver position and I'm getting a guy to fill my tight end position Adam Yeah like, that depth is hard to hard to come by and hard to beat. Now, people stopped at the Kyle Pitts thing. And I think because Devontae Smith's in there, like, if you really break that trade down the way we talked about, though, like, I'm taking Terry McLaurin over Devontae Smith. Sorry to say it. So that was just an added throw in that I'm not going to count to the deal. So that's why I take the crusty package. and right. People people lost their fucking mind about that one, <laughs> buddy. They lost their shit about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if... Like you said, I think on a contending side, I, I would much rather McLaurin than Devontae Smith, right? But yeah. if you just from the dynasty standpoint, when you look at the trades, if you took if you took those two out of the deal, and they took Mechie and the third and the fourth out of the deal, and someone told you, "Hey, I'm going to come give you those pieces for Kyle Pitts," the average dynasty managers freaking out, right? Like, yeah. disrespectful. This bullshit trade. You know, <laughs> get mad, get get tilted, right? And you went and made that trade. So I think that's where everyone's coming from. Obviously, we were going to get into the details of it here. The yeah. devil's in the details a lot of the time, right, Mike?
1: The second trade I made in the league not far after, right, though, Adam? It mean, I, I didn't take long. <laughs> I sent away Jonathan Taylor. So you know this is going downhill fast. And in return, I got Darno Mooney, my man Antonio Gibson, and Jacoby Myers. And I think people hated this one more than they hated the Kyle Pitts one. For real. You put a name like Antonio Gibson in there and Jacoby Myers, they're like, Ugh, he's nothing. He's just trash. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh, Let me break this one down for you as far as consistency goes here. Jonathan Taylor's thirteen weeks last year. Consistent. Antonio Gibson, nine weeks. Above average. Darno Mooney, ten weeks. Darno Mooney was sneakily. Very good last year, and uh, I'm projecting him to be very good this year. <laughs> very I, good I, this year.
0: You're probably correct to describe it that way, but I feel like if you're really paying attention, it wasn't that sneaky, man. He had some really good weeks last People year.
1: People still sneak it. You remember he was going in the eighth round, like,
0: or a little bit later in these startups for the longest time. I think his ADP is like back into seven still. Like, I'm sure there's <laughs> graphs where he's falling quite below the seventh round.
1: I remember the conversation in one of our leagues that we had with somebody who was dunking on him saying he's the next Darius Slayton. Like, <laughs> I vividly remember that. But Jacoby Myers, eight weeks, clutch rating. So for the package, plus two on the year, seven weeks, two of those guys would have entered my lineup. In four weeks, three of them, three of them would have been in my lineup versus one Jonathan Taylor. And again, this is a wide receiver, two wide receivers and a running back. And I'm hiring on Sully Gibson. I get it. And one of the biggest arguments, like from people I respect, Adam, and and I bet you would have this one as well. If you did a little bit better than Jacoby Myers in name, I don't think anybody would have a most normal people would not have a huge issue with it. But because it says Jacoby Myers, that kind of makes people grossed out. (laughs) Yeah. some makes, makes them feel disgusting. You know, a, sure. a top five pick for a fifth uh, and eighth and, uh, and 14th, whatever the 14th, 14th yeah. you know. But this is where you can find those edges. These are two deals that I sent out Adam, because they had big names in them. And I wanted to send out a deal where we weren't going to do the whole counter game. I didn't want them to sit there and think about it. Like, is this a good deal for me? I wanted to see if there was deals that I could send out that would be Snap Accepts. So I know I can get this done. Like the community has not caught on yet. If this is a snap, accept without even thinking about it, this is still a strategy that I can exploit now in the well, future. That, yeah. If when I fully implement it, you're going to try to do the best you can, right? You're going to try to do the best you can, but I want to know that options available to me that for a contender beneficial win the money this year, this is my goal that I can always send out this kind of deal at any given moment to anyone across my league. and I don't think people are going to think twice about it.
0: This is the edge that we have. Well, yeah, and that's – see, that that's kind of what I wanted to get to um, here as well, right? I think the reality is on the contending side, like you just alluded to, with the consistency guide and seeing what they scored last year, how three pieces in your lineup is going to affect how, the, how those pieces move around for your team it's a big deal that people don't really think about no one, like you said, no one's caught on to it's going back to the first point when you talked about this, right. When you used to be able to trade out of the first round and go down to the second and get a first and probably even a little plus two on top of that. Right. Because this is probably going to be something that in most of your leagues, people are not this savvy to yet. Now, maybe there are some where they've been playing some dynasty best ball. You know, they've, it, it's a little sharper. Like Mike's saying that deal in gosh, man, those two deals you made, I got to imagine over 90% of leagues, 95, maybe even all the way up to a hundred. Those are going to get accepted, right? Those type of deals, yeah. they're going to get smashed accepted. So what I wanted to do, and I Twitter pulled some things, Mike is the same principle, right? But, and, and this isn't necessarily with the consistency guide. Um, just, ideas and kind of get an idea really of where the average dynasty person everyone that's tapped into us on twitter they know that it's, it's about dynasty right and they're sharply following dynasty football so yeah for sure these these are real people that are putting these numbers up here and i just put a few not using consistency guy just not nearly as gross to, Don't. to have ideas of shooting for yeah. much different types of trades than what you did
1: Don't don't sell yourself short either too. Like, I guarantee Adam, if I went and I put in the consistency rankings for last year for all these deals that you put up, I guarantee the consistency ones beat them out. Like, I would be highly shocked if any one of these did not. You know what I mean? Like. And the other thing too
0: is, uh, with the ahead.
1: exception of Cam Akers, because he just didn't fucking play, <laughs> she, right? He was
0: injured. So someone like that, or Etn, or something, right? Like yeah. guys that didn't play. But I
1: could find a, a a realistic replacement, even if I wasn't being super bullish on Cam Akers' projection. I could find somebody in that range that could substitute, and the results would be the
0: same. He would still come out ahead. Exactly. And I think though, one, Mike, I was when we started talking about doing this podcast and getting really more in depth on sheerly best ball. A few thoughts I was having is one, like we've talked about for over a year now, how do the numbers really shake out, right? Yes, consistency guide has played that in to give us a real actionable way to look at it. But then two, yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly, and then two though, like this part I think is another big piece. How does the average person in the community feel about it when it's best ball? Because the reality is they haven't played, right? Like like myself, that's huge, man. You know
1: how many of them comments I got where you know I flat out asked one of these fucking idiots commenting on here like he knows everything. How many best ball leagues do you play in? Well, none. Then why the fuck are you talking?
0: Well, <laughs> Sit I mean, down, Junior. Let, <laughs> Sit let, down. <laughs> and listen, you can have an opinion, but uh, okay, if you haven't done if you haven't done it, like how are you going to say it's that bad? you can't give me advice on it
1: if you don't even know what the hell it is you know what I mean like I don't I I like to get my car fixed when it's broken right I take it to the mechanic I, I don't have the the person working the front desk give me car advice right no that's not their job that's not their expertise they're they're there they run the front desk and they do a great job but if I want
0: an opinion on my car I'm asking the fucking mechanic yeah. Buddy, you work on my car. What's the deal? <laughs> Talk to me, man. Give me the real deal here. And I I think the thing is, Mike, because you, the, yours are to the extreme, right? And they were meant to be that way because it's, like you alluded to, these are smash deals that you're going to be able to basically get done. Yeah. In a, in a press of a button, you send this deal out, the average 90-plus percent of people are just going to say, can Taylor for that, done. Pitts for that, done, right? And I think the reality is that was on – the because you meant it to be the extreme side right yes but 100%. the reality is most people are going to be definitely in the middle ground and probably on the further end because they're used to playing lineup. yeah so like you said getting to the points of okay where can you really exploit it and get more so i'll just go through some of the twitter polls here mike that go i put it. up and i just want to give you the percentages so that now that you heard like mike alluding to the consistency guide and some of the gross stuff right that sounds horrible like just think about this so you you and ray were clowning me on the first one and you're right like it was easy but you know what's funny is i had a feeling this was going to happen mike justin jefferson for t higgins and rashad bateman yeah give me the package easy that's a, that, that's a layup right like that's layup. that is and that's what i alluded to like we, let's teach him to make layups before we start jacking threes right this one should how, be easy
1: h- how the fuck did 37 percent of the people vote for justin
0: jefferson Mike, uh, and that's what I'm trying to say to you. There, I don't know how many of these guys play Dynasty, so maybe, or uh, sorry, not Dynasty, Best Ball. Best Ball, right? yeah. But the point is, like, the average person that we have following us in Dynasty is saying that 40% of those people almost, Mike, 4 out of 10 would rather have Jefferson than that package. And that package is in no way gross either.
1: There's a very good
0: package. Like, that's, Huge. That's my point, is, like, You know what you know now with the consistency guide, but then you know this about the market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, okay. Jamar Chase, Mike. Jamar Chase for DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton.
1: Package. Not a question.
0: And you know what's crazy? So, and this is, I I try to do this a little bit to tinker because the first one, I think, if you're playing and someone understands at least a little bit of best ball, they shouldn't send out Bateman. They should not give you back Bateman and T. Higgins. You might be able to get that done, right? It might be worth trying. But this last one is showing you that 71% of people would rather have Jamar Chase. So that's like, I mean, maybe it's not to your extreme, like, of smash deal, but you probably can get that done in the average league you're playing in in best ball.
1: Your next one's a smash deal, though. (laughs) I think think when you get over 80% on one side, I think that becomes a smash deal, right?
0: This is where the smash deal hit it. And I was actually pretty surprised that it was this far. Um, and I love Jonathan Taylor, man. Like we talked about it. If it's a lineup league, we're having different discussions. But when it comes to best ball, Jonathan Taylor versus Terry McLaurin and K makers that came in at 81% versus not even 19%, 81.2 to 18%. So mm. like you're basically telling me, I'm bullish on Acres so I love that. But even if you don't if you're not bullish on Acres, you're getting right. a premier wide receiver that just got a bag and you're still getting a for most people a top 15ish running back top 18 whatever. For sure. And best of all, we just went over it, right? Yep. Okay. Let's let's get to one I was actually a little surprised about because this is one that because the numbers are this way, I I thought it would be closer to the Dak side, but Dak for Trevor Lawrence, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, and Brandon Cooks, 82% of people said they'd take the package. So, Yeah, they weren't feeling these, that one. <laughs> the, the, now, now, to be fair, right, that was the first I went three for one. Just yep. to kind of test the market, I wanted to see what the three for one would look like there. Okay, let's go back to a two for one now. Kyle Pitts for Darren Waller and Mike Evans.
1: Actually pretty split on this one, huh?
0: Yeah, this one was pretty split. I think on the contending side, I mean, are we having a debate here? Waller and Evans for me. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're sticking with Kyle Pitts, you just must not be wanting to go win this year, right? Um, Josh Allen for Tua, Jacobs, and A-Rob.
1: This is what I'm saying, like stick in the the upper part of the range of the quarterbacks and not the super crusties, and I'm completely
0: fine down tearing Josh Allen. And I get Jacobs and A-Rob, sign me the fuck up. This is one I thought that would go kind of like this, like would be more on the Allen side. And I think this is a deal. This is more of a deal that I think is reasonable to get done in leagues if you're trying to get yeah. a real three for one, right? You go down from Josh Allen to Tua, people in their mind can't get off of how big of a jump that is. And you can add in two pieces that are real assets, right? Allen, oh, sure. I mean, J- Jacobs and A-Rob is a nice, pe- nice package. All right, so then you go up. This is one I made, Mike. This is one I made. I threw that in there only because it got done, and I'm like, you know what? Let's see what this says. 12 teams, start 13, super flex, tight end premium, and two tight ends like we discussed, right? Yep. Best ball, Travis Etienne, Tyler Algier, Gerald Everett, and my 23 first for David Montgomery, Rashad Bateman, and Dallas Goddard.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, this is something, too, where it comes to the tight end thing that we were talking about. Like, also I also have a range of tight ends. I don't want to go too far past. You know, if that Gerald Everett was something better, like maybe a Higby, let's say Tyler Higby, Tyler Hunter Henry. Henry.
0: Hunter Henry, right, yep.
1: I probably want the ETN package, just being honest. But mm-hmm. because it's not. And it's outside of that range of like my comfort zone with tight ends where i think they're just all kind of the same turds and it, you know you're you're going from a goddard to an everett hey yeah, give me the fucking goddard money and Bateman side easy i'll sell the the etn hype and the late 23 first and i don't know what the hell algier is
0: well probably that, nothing but that, that, that's another thing too i think this deal is the one that's a little different because i i made it but When you look at this deal right this is something you i think you also have to consider in best ball when you start talking about all the consistency guide stuff we alluded to yep sometimes you have to be careful about just more assets versus less assets right this this one if you just look at oh i'm getting four assets and i'm getting the 23 first if you do it that way okay but here's the thing right if you say that i'm gonna downgrade from etn to montgomery on a contender. I'm okay with that, depending on what's coming back, right? Because now you're looking at Rashad Bateman and Dallas Goddard in a two-tight end league Mm -hmm. for Tyler Algier, Everett, and a 23 first. Easy, easy for me. So that's kind of sometimes I think you have to look at the pieces you're actually acquiring. Like you alluded to, right? If that Everett is higher, we're having a much different discussion. But if it's Gerald Everett and Tyler Algier, like not not really that worried about it. Um, Last one I had here, Mike, was Lamar Jackson. For Mac Jones and Michael Pittman. Hmm.
1: Mac and Pittman.
0: I think so, too. I think this one is like one of those where... Closer, though. Much closer, right? I could see the case for the other side, but knowing what we know, if you're going to continue to down tier and continue to grab assets, it, I think that, it, and that's a deal that you probably get done in a lot of leagues.
1: Depends on your projection of Mac, too. Like, does he take another step forward, Right. If you're not believing, if you think it's Mac Jones from last year, then I can maybe see the the Lamar side a little bit more.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And but I, I'm with you. Like depending on what your team has, if you can really afford to do that and go get Lamar because he's a different difference maker at quarterback, I could see it. But listen, you're down tearing at quarterback, but you're talking about in best ball getting a free now not free, but you're getting a top additional top twenty receiver that is not on the other team, right? That's a big deal in best ball.
1: Yeah. Man, this one has been eye-opening to me. And the last thing I wanted to do, I I love them polls, Adam, too, because it gives you the market sentiment. Um, But to tie it in with the market sentiment is the live reactions to some of the trades we made. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out some of these people. So we're gonna have a uh, 4D chess mean tweets edition. Well, I read off some of these trades to you and to the audience so you guys can decide. So Diggity Dave at Isks Dave says, man, I hope there was a veto in this league. Jonathan Taylor for a guy with only two touchdowns in his career and Gibson Mooney not getting it done in any league I'm in. Dude got burned in this deal. Burn. Who the fuck vetoes deals? Like, how soft do you got to be? Like, it needs to be collusion. Yeah. Outright collusion in order to get a, a, a fucking deal vetoed in my
0: league. <laughs> Listen, if, if it's a deal that seems extremely fishy, like, once I've determined and talked to them, there's nothing to say. The manager's like, yeah, I want that side. There's nothing to discuss. This What are we vetoing? Who does that? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. So. I also had another one where I had kind of talked about it. Tim at Dynasty Logic was, was giving me the business about value and all this for Dynasty, and that's where I asked, "Hey, how many baseball leagues you play in, Bud? None. All right, we might be done here. <laughs> I got another one here from Hickass. No, no avatar at all. Like just an egg." What the fuck? These guys can't be from America making trades like this. Adam, I guess I'm not American anymore, buddy.
0: <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're a lot of things, buddy. Apparently you're not American. not American. Not American.
1: We've got all kinds of uh, puke emojis. That's good. Uh, Tiger Goods says I should quit Dynasty forever.
0: <laughs> you know, Mike, what's funny, man, we've been doing, what, this for six months? We've both been told in that time that we should quit Dynasty forever.
1: Uh, Boston at Pack Socks Celtics says, How to lose at Fantasy Football 101. Whoa, Thanks. at Fantasy Football 101? Yeah. That's not even talking the Dynasty one. aspect. Wow. Yeah, just Fantasy Football. Uh, I got Packer Hater at Evan Eckhart. Now, this one's a little tough to read because his grasp with the English language really sucks. Um, so, I'm not really sure some of the things that he was trying to type. It's hard to read, but I play best ball none replace value of bottom tier player Not one player in that trade top 25 on my board at their position when you're trading one of the only three players I'm league who splits carries at five to ten percent. He gets 90 nope thumbs down emoji I will trade a the field So hope you enjoyed that one it was a
0: I, 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 round, I roundabout stuck with the principle he was trying to get to. Okay, we just kind of disproved that with the consistency got a little bit here.
1: I, was just, uh, I just, I just, I wanted to point that one out too because I kind of feel like I got subtweeted by Antonio Brown. You know, when he'd go on his <laughs> rants, kind of the same thing. So, thank you, oh, Packer man. hater. I'm sure he'll make another another appearance. So, pretty good. Uh, hopefully, you're the pit side by at Ryan Bowser. I'm pretty sure he's in the fantasy community. Uh no, no, Ryan, I am not on the pit side, and I uh, believe I showed why. Uh, this was one of my favorite ones, Adam. Bob from at Bob's FF burner checked which podcast he was on, so I make sure to unfollow. Good God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, well, was my, that was my favorite of ones.
1: I don't think Bob's listening to
0: this episode. <laughs> that would
1: that would definitely made me laugh out
0: loud when I read that one if you're out there and you know Bob make sure he gets a clip of the uh, the shout out we gave him since he unsubscribed
1: Jay Peters hit it right though So we get a nice tweet a lot of misunderstanding about best ball in this thread. Yes, Jay. Yes, Jay There was I hope we cleared it up for you. I'm sure you're listening. So we appreciate that. Uh, I Hope we cleared it up a little bit uh, dynasty dud says I'm assuming this isn't dynasty with a question mark love that t-bot says man i wish you were in my league
0: (laughs) i hope you gave him i hope you gave him your sleeper name so we could get a league going with him
1: i i replied to him that if he really just wanted to venmo me money he could nice i I assumed he wish I, i was in his league so i could show him how it's done that's what i was guessing Uh, David two, nine, seven, eight, four, four, eight, eight says you put your trade up that you got completely scorched in. Now you're being a little puss after dude tells you that you were scorched. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, David. David two, nine, (laughs) seven, eight, eight, four, four, eight, eight. Wow. Oh man. Uh, pit side, pretty easy for me.
0: No, we got, we got a lot of
1: those, a lot of those. Those
0: are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's that was the common theme, right? There was, one,
1: <laughs> there was one more in there. Trading Kyle Pitts away in a tight end premium for negative marginal value. Woof. Woof. <laughs> Thanks, NFL Prospect Clips, at NFL Prospect Clip.
0: <laughs> you, and, you know, um, actually, go ahead. I'm sure you got some more little mean fun ones you want to say.
1: I might have one more, but go ahead, Adam. I'll find the last one. There was one more in there that just
0: actually had me rolling. That was pretty good. You know, we talked a lot about the um, weekly advantages based on last year and stuff and how you kind of project, knowing that most of those – I mean, every player in there, it's not like their role is gone or their – you know, outside of maybe Zach Ertz that he could soon clip, but this year is not projected to clip, right? So. Mm-hmm. Like they're projected to be in that same role so utilizing that data is very good right so understanding all that's very good but i think the other thing too is there are certain players um like you talked about i think with pollard right like there are certain players for me in the market value that i'm totally looking to exploit and that totally differ by leaps and bounds personally based on format now if Mm -hmm. i'm in best ball and i can have kyle pitts i'm not telling you i don't want kyle pitts in best ball Right. That's not. Please don't mistake that for what I'm saying. But my point is in best ball for me, knowing what you just mentioned about the three tight ends, I am so much more likely in a best ball league to be comfortable rostering three, four, five of the top 20 ish type tight ends. Right. Then I am just having to have a Kyle Pitts. Where wearing a lineup league, Mike, especially short starters. Kyle Pitts is worth the fucking price of all of it because. I have to press the button on tight end every single week, right? So he is, in the different formats for me, very, very different as far as, like, how much I'm really wanting to have, needing to have, or thinking I need to have in in one of those leagues, right? And best ball, okay, here's my Kyle Pitts. You're going to give me three, four assets? Here you go, buddy, Kyle Pitts. And and, and in lineup, like, you're going to have to pay me something crazy to get off of Kyle Pitts and a start nine, Right. Yes. There are players that I think we need to acknowledge that are so different in the two. And I think that's an edge that you can play on, like Tony Pollard types, AJ Dillon types. Um, th- those running backs were in lineup. You're like, man, Zeke's playing. Like, what's Tony Pollard going to do this week? Like you alluded to, how, he had, he started several weeks, but not all that much, right? Five, yes. six, maybe. Yep. So pressing the button on him every single weekend and week out is tough business in lineup, right? Where in best ball, man, that is such a big thing. It's like, I don't have to rely on him, but he is probably going to give me those weeks. And Zeke played a lot last year. That doesn't even factor in in best ball. What if Zeke misses six weeks or something?
1: So the last two that we touch on, then we'll bounce out of here that I enjoyed. Uh, I got tweeted at by Akash at YZR underscore fantasy with his 7,000 some Twitter followers. So apparently he does this for for real too, like us. Content creator, right? Fantasy analysis. Definitely Kyle Pittside. I don't think Akash plays in Dynasty best ball, Adam. I'm just going to go out on a fucking limb and say he has no idea.
0: Whatsoever. Well, can I give you one? Well, go ahead. You you said you had two. I'll let, I'll let you finish one.
1: Oh, yeah The last one again from our man Packer hater at, nice, he's Evan, back. at Evan a Eckhart man. He sent about 15 of these right, but this was one of the good ones that I found Gibson is the most overrated trash bag and then he put like a briefcase emoji I don't that's not a trash bag though, but good job Evan RB hype sucker. Everyone latched onto the tit last year. Couldn't hold off Patterson, a five-six running back who is more talented. Uh, sorry, Evan. Uh, go look at Jared Patterson's numbers from last year, and you tell me that Antonio Gibson couldn't hold him off. And then he says, "And McNugget pass catcher stealing all his work. Now they have a real smasher who can run the lock rock." LOL. Future Ty Montgomery. So the dynamite analysis from Evan A. Eckhart, one, Packer hater with an eight. Like, don't forget the eight because you got to be cool when you put hater. Uh, is something else, right? Jared, Jared Patterson is really good, guys. So make sure you go out and get him and follow Evan A. Eckhart. But the Akash one, uh, I don't know how you can say, like, definitely this side if you don't understand best ball. Like, that's kind of oh. the ignorance of the community as a whole. When it comes to best ball, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a, a um a big thing there that you said. Right. Maybe he does play in some, but how long have you been playing in them and how much have you really gotten into the data? Because Well,
1: how successful are you when you play in them too? You know what I mean? Like if you're and, finishing and Mike, fifth every year, there might be a reason.
0: Mike, let me give you one more thing about it too, right? Especially when I think about the bomb squad league. It was an auction, right? And, and you absolutely cleaned up in a lot of places on value. Not even not even just that you hit on Cup and Debo. That, that's like a separate thing for me, right? But yeah. like you, you utilized your money really well. You had quarterbacks. You had a lot of depth, right? In, in the average startup, you're so unlikely to be able to do what you did, right? In Dynasty, whether it's best ball or not. Let's even say it's best ball, okay? Mm-hmm. And how many people actually have done that level Of what you did, right? Because here's the other thing, Mike. Like, you crushed me in that week, right? And your team was more often than not going to beat mine. Yeah. But, like, had your team, had that team not existed, I'm just using this as a reference for other leagues, okay? Because had your team not existed, right, my team was really good in that league. It didn't win it. My team was really good in that league. If there's not a McNutted depth play everywhere. You would have ran it back.
1: May, to.
0: Yes, correct. And and yep. And this, may, and this yep. may not be happening in a lot of these other dynasty leagues. So this is another good point that I just kind of was thinking about as we're running through some of this stuff is if you make one trade like that, this is the other big piece, I think. One trade like that, that's not good for you, probably. If you no. just made one trade like that, right?
1: Multi if, multi-layer. If you
0: go all the way. We talk about this all the time. If you're gonna do something, lean into it you lean into that and your depth piece is just so much far and away all these people that are talking all that shit in your leagues i'm telling you you're gonna the numbers speak for themselves so if you do it in a plethora of ways and you're just depth everywhere good luck you're gonna win some leagues and then people are gonna be totally changing their minds in those leagues but until that point we talked about all the stuff here of the consistency and then where the market is and how widespread that is and the exploitation you can use and the difference of the two
1: for sure all right man i love this episode just because we get to dive into more best ball and the strategy is ever evolving but this was a huge piece for us and i think it's kind of going to set the foundation for a lot of what we do in our contender leagues like normal league i'm building for the future two three years out I'm not doing these kind of deals, Adam. Like, there's really no point. I'm gonna hold on to the value ascension. And I'm gonna to stick to some of my same basics of dynasty, of course. But I think in some of these leagues, like especially the ones where like you and I aren't in it, or we're not in with Ray and Brandon, like some of these sharp people who are starting to come around to this, like the Heisman, like people are are, are getting pretty wise in the Heisman league. I've tried to send out my normal bullshit deals in there, and they go like, "Nah, I ain't giving up this depth." <laughs> like they sure. they know, sure. they know. But some of these other leagues, for you, the listener, the Dynasty Degenerates, this is something you can still take advantage over. And, and if you really want to make some monster contenders, and I'm not going to say it's going to guarantee you a title, but you can get some money like you do this across four or five leagues. Adam, I'd say you're going to win at least half of them. Right. Well, that and and that's I think the big thing, right? Like the odds are definitely in your favor in the best ball format. Like like we talked about earlier, like. Lineup, I know Adiko's got that study out there where, you know, if you're the number one seed and you get into the playoffs, you got like a 30% chance of winning the title. Not great, but, you know, better than none, right? Basketball, man, I'm saying I I truly believe just with the the way the format is and the head-to-head thing and building a solid floor, a really high floor, that might be 70 80% actually of getting the playoffs with a high-floor team with lots of depth, of you taking home a title versus 30%. and Hell, do it across four or five leagues. Fire them up, go to it. There's not a lot to best ball outside of doing some waivers and making some trades, but you ain't got to set lineups and waste all your time on it. So it might be a great way to win money and bring home them Dynasty Championships. And then you can fund your other leagues. If you really enjoy lineup, now you got enough money to go, go, go start up six, seven new lineup leagues.
0: Yeah, I think, too, um, Dynasty Degenerates. what we just gave you here, if you stuck around, this is a little bit of a longer one, but I'm telling you I really believe this information is going to be critical for you if you're getting into best ball or you're wanting to do more and you've only been in a few. Um, The data here really speaks to how much on the contending side the depth and pieces matter versus these studs, and the polls really should show that there's a gigantic difference right now in the market, in the dynasty market of where these down tiers are. So I think what I would, what I would challenge you dynasty degenerates to do if you're in one, try to get into some best ball leagues, because I think there's real opportunity to clean up in a lot of them Two, If you do do that, or if you're already in some, like I would challenge you to really push yourself against what you believe is your dynasty, Lineup mindset. Push yourself a little past that. Right. Now, don't get crazy. You don't have to go McNutted and go crusty, yeah. crusty, crusty, crusty. Okay. Push yourself a little bit. All right. Push yourself a little past the point of comfort on some of these studs, especially like Mike alluded to at wide receiver running back. Even at tight end, as long as you're not going down too far quarterback as you're not going down too far. Okay. Push yourself to do down tiers that maybe seem like a slight loss in lineup. But in best ball, I'm talking that's a massive win. And if you you do that multiple times, four, five times, the type of depth you have plus dynasty assets is going to be crazy. I'm telling you, I think there's a window in dynasty best ball if you're not in leagues with people that have actually really honed in on the data that you can get some crazy stuff done. So, And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring all this information to you to help you win your league. So, I hope you enjoyed that, and yeah. um, I think that's really the big takeaway for me, Mike.
1: That's huge. It kind of goes back to that old saying that we've always had: when you know, four quarters doesn't equal a dollar in trading scenarios. In best ball, four quarters might equal a dollar fifty. If we're being completely fucking honest, Adam, like there's a lot of times I'd much rather have the four quarters in the one dollar for sure. Yeah. If I'm trying to win that chip, so. Yeah, I think that hits on it. Next week we'll dive into some Spike Week data, uh, talk some more best ball strategy. We'll dive into that. I don't know if that one will be as long because I started pulling the data and I'm like, okay, it's kind of what I thought, you know, with the studs being up there. But we'll dive into some of it and uh, we'll we'll see how that turns out and uh, we'll talk more best ball. And as always, if you guys want more of this, you want more in depth talk, come hit up our Patreon, man. There's, there's people out there who don't realize we have a Patreon. <laughs> There's people out there that don't know that we have it. We have a discord community that's growing and budding. Patreon.com forward slash South could be a shithead with us. We do nothing but talk talk strategy Bullshit talk bourbon post pictures of all the meat that we're smoking <laughs> But you like it come check us out and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel We're rolling out some new stuff this week started this week youtube.com forward slash McNutted I believe Yeah, show channels on mcnutted mcnutted. So come check us out. But as always, thank you for sitting through this longer episode hour and a half. It's gonna be one of the longest ones that we ever did, but definitely an important one because I do believe in the heart of hearts that this is kind of a groundbreaking thing that we have come upon that we can heavily exploit together to win money to win championships to win that glory to win those bragging rights to rub it in the face of all your leagues and hell the way this is going to with these crusties, you might be able to pull it off for two, three consecutive years before people really start to catch on to it. So, uh, if, if you want more of it, I'm going to be posting about this. We're going to be talking about it. Like you said, Adam said, you don't have to get super crusty like I am. I'll take the bullets for you. I will go out and do the experimenting for it, and I will report back all year long <laughs> how this league, where I have, uh, according to Twitter, just should quit dynasty football forever i should leave the country because i'm not american anymore <laughs> i will let you guys know how it's going but adam that's all i got for him I, thank a, you for thank you for sitting through it
0: buddy yeah it's uh, you know interestingly enough it's, a, it's kind of an interesting good one to go into you're going to be hearing this on friday uh, the Fourth of July weekend, so McNutted is not American on Independence Day. <laughs> I gotta find a new country. I don't
1: know where I'm gonna go, but I'll keep you
0: apprised of the situation. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So, thank you for tuning in, and just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play forty chess.
1: That's gonna do it for us. We're out of here. Peace.